Who wants, Daddy, who wants a pot of coffee? I just made coffee. You want a cup of coffee? Sure, there you go. Who wants coffee? Anybody else want coffee? Who wants coffee? And now it's time for the man with the caffeine, the new tropics for the brain. It's Coffee with Mike. Hang in, hang tight, grab your cup, and uh, let's get this started. everybody, welcome to Java Chat. My name's Coffee with Mike, and I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing to that side, I gotta remember that everything's always in reverse, to your left, my right, or my left, your whatever. Mark Willis, <laughs> certified financial planner, who is an expert in this field, and, and the reason that I brought him on is because a lot of you guys have been kind of wondering, with everything that's happening right now, uh, and the condition of the markets, what we've been seeing with what's, what's happening in finance, and mortgage, and investing, and then on and on and on. There's a lot of questions, and a lot of the questions revolve around what are we to expect. Uh, I've had a few people tell me that, you know, we're looking at another deal where their 401k is going to become a 301k, and what's the future of that, and where do I put my money next, and you know, we watched Wells Fargo take a nosedive. I, you know, my, my buddy called me up and said, short the banks quick. And I went, huh? And then watched them tank. Uh, and so there's a lot of unsurety, uncertainty. And I needed somebody that understands all of that kind of stuff, um, along with other financial, you know, strategies and things of that nature. And I found Mark. And Mark was kind enough to come and join us today. So I'm going to say good morning, sir. Thank you for joining me on Java Chat for a cup of Java. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, while I take a sip, why don't you give the gang a little bit of background on you? Sure. Um, my name is Mark Willis. Thanks for having me on, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here with your, uh, you and your audience today, man. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, the, sometimes the, the best thing to do is just kind of start with a, a failure of mine. I, I feel like my, my biggest uh, failures and, and shortcomings started right when I got out of college. We had six figures of student loan debt in 2008 when lots of people were hiring let me tell you right. it was a great time of life wow. <laughs> getting into the workforce yeah uh, we had no <laughs> plan to pay that debt off 120 grand in debt um no plan to pay it off no job you know familiar. So, yeah i've <laughs> been there <laughs> you know it feels like history is repeating itself i just noticed we've now had three major market crashes in mm. just the last 20 years yep so all within you know, all within the span of just a couple of weeks no less it's just kind of like yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, as we're recording this, it's May, uh, March 25th right now. I don't know when this will air, but, you know, volatility has upgraded to turbulence, it feels like. Yeah, yeah. You know, like normal yeah. volatility is, I guess, part of the game with, uh, with Wall Street, but we're in a new, like, categorically different type of swings in the market right now. And yeah. a lot of people are scared. A lot yeah. of people, uh, you know, are concerned about their job being lost. You know, I read mm. a recent article by Reuters that said uh, some economists are predicting 30% unemployment. Yeah, I saw that um, too. Yeah, where, uh, whereas uh, what we had 10% in the Great Recession and about mm. 20% in the Great Depression. Right. To do anything <clears throat> up, upwards of 30% unemployment uh, would absolutely shake the foundations of the world. Yeah, since I agree. We're the world's largest economy. Agreed. I, th I think, I think one of the, there are some hopeful saving graces in, in all of this craziness that I, that I have seen already. Um, and there are some logical potential rebounds that may come. Um, but it's going to take everybody being very smart uh, and being, what's the word, appropriate 
with protocol in their investing and their work and things that they decide to do moving forward. Again, one of the reasons that I brought you on, um, because we are going to get into that. Um, so you, you, you had that fun, you had that failure, you learned what you learned. How'd you get to where you are today? Cause that, that CFP, that that's not an easy title to get. No, no, it took us, uh, and I say us, my wife and I, she definitely, uh, took the sacrifice there, but it was about three, three plus years of every night grueling study. Uh, and I did it honestly out of, uh, just personal desire to get this thing called money figured out. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't raised with, you know, a silver spoon in my hand and we didn't learn about much more than a savings account right. as a kid growing up. Right. Um, you know, the, the basic rules of, you know, pay off the house and, you know, um, just kind of sit on a savings account was about all I knew um, yeah. and thought, thought that was the way everyone did it. And then we're exposed to a brand new world of collateralized debt obligations. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I wanted to learn about that stuff and figure out why <clears throat> we went through what we did in the 2008 crisis. And I started to realize it wasn't as um, unexpected as everyone thought. Some people saw it coming. Some people even benefited from it. I didn't benefit off it, but I saw it coming. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> I watched. I was like, ah, uh, something's like, gonna happen. Like a car wreck, you know. You're seeing that guy coming right. <clears> and you're like, I can't move out of the way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah. Anyway, we started a financial firm after kind of the ashes of the Great Recession. We started a financial firm. Great, great business to get into when everyone's hating. You know, uh, the banks, finance companies, uh, credit cards, mortgage companies. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, Lots of hate going like, around at that time. <laughs> amen, man. Yeah, I just felt like for me, I I personally wanted to figure money out. Uh, and I didn't need a CFP to do that, I guess. Right. But, you know, when we started our financial firm, I wanted to create <clears throat> some strategies mm -hmm. and concepts that mm -hmm. would be uh, a move towards sanity right. in the midst of an insane world. Yeah. And I feel like most people's financial portfolios, their financial lives are built mm. around insanity. Yeah. I, I know that's I, quite a claim, but... Uh, actually, I would have to agree. Um, a lot of people did things because I know a couple of planners that did some things, and I, I I shook my head when they did it, and I was like, "Dude, you're you're not you're not you're planning for make, making money. You're not planning for stability and safety in the midst of what we just went through. And here you are trying to take off like a rocket again. I'm telling you, someone's gonna clip your wings." Well, guess where we're at today. <laughs> I get yeah. I get the roller coaster of the markets. That's fine, but. The moment you get something that the first, and I'm just going to just throw this out, the first inkling that this virus had started in China, in my mind already, I ran down the road four or five months and I said, this is going to, this is going to get the word pandemic. The markets are going to tank. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't know how bad. So the markets are going to tank. There's going to be a lot of layoffs. There's going to be a lot of stuff going wrong. I didn't realize it was going to be this bad, but- right. Yeah. It's, it's like, I know the guys that did some things that had some of their clients investing and their clients are probably super pissed right now sure. because they invested at a time when things were good. They should yeah. have held off and, and put money in when the market started tanking. It probably, had they done it properly, um, may have staved off some of the unfortunate series of unfortunate events that started happening. One after the other. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. It's, that's it's just like, it, Mike. I mean, yeah. I mean, go back to February. Did you know, did I know, did anyone know 
maybe you did, it sounds like, but you know, did we, could we foresee the, the, that a, a, uh, the market high at Dow 30,000 on February 13th, almost, it was 500 points shy, yeah. sh uh, shy of 30,000. Yeah. And now we're at the time of recording, we're scratching in the low twenties. You know, we were at 19, 18,000 for a minute and mm -hmm. we're, we're scratching in the low twenties right now. I was, I was looking at, so watching the economy take off like that, so to speak, seeing all of the positives and all the good stuff. And I'm like, okay, okay, there's more, there's more, but it's the same thing like any weather balloon that you send up. Eventually it will burst. There you go. Yep. Now that's, now that's not to say that it couldn't keep going up that somewhere along the line, it could have corrections where it would, you know, uh, bring it to some degree of normalcy, but I didn't see that with this run. I, I was watching it going, there's too much happening. It's too fast. People are not paying attention to any of the other possible side flags. Um, sure. And everybody's just trying to bank as fast as they can, which is fine. But you and I both know that that's exactly the time you're supposed to watch your ass. Um, I, and I don't think anybody was, I honestly didn't. Um, so when the first hit came, I said, okay, so long as we don't hit that third 15 minute break, which was that first day we had two, we almost hit that third one. I was, I was really worried that day, mm -hmm. our first tumble. Um, my buddy used to work on wall street. He was, he worked on the M and A's for Prudential. Um, and I have another one that used to work for another branch. And we both sat, we were both sitting online. She's in, she's in Europe. And we're both sitting online looking at each other going, they hit that third break. We've got another black Monday or Friday or whatever day it was. And she's yeah. like, let's hope that doesn't happen. Cause that would be a shit run. And that's, yeah. Mm. So yeah, it's anyway. So back to you. <laughs> that's it. That's it, man. Yeah. Well, you know, what you're talking about is like, is the story of, the, the stock market. And again, where you put your money makes it do different things. Uh, and that's such an obvious statement, Mike. I mean, even saying that like, like it matters, but well, like it's a, it's a big light bulb, but for a lot of people, we just don't think we we're given the day job, you know, we get that 40 hour a week employment and here you go. Here's your 401k. Here's your, you know, here's your savings account. Uh, you know, and, and just out of, out of nowhere, we, we go through 40 years and we make it to retirement and wait, you know, I thought we would have had a lot more in our account by then. You know, I thought we would have had a whole lot more than, than we do. Which begs the question, did we, at the, did that point, did we really hit retirement? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. we have how many different types of financial instruments to invest in besides yeah. the one that our, our W2 supposedly takes care of us with? Yeah. You know, I counted it up when we were doing the CFP training and everything, and it was about 450 isn't that insane? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, hedge fund, savings account, real estate, dynastic trusts, raw land. I mean, four hundred one ks. It's it's surprising to a lot of people, Mike. Um, the four hundred one k is not even old enough to retire, and yet never was, never was. And that's the when I use because I've sat with friends who are also CFPs, and I've asked them. I've said, "Is a four hundred one k a good investment?" They looked at me and they went, "For what?" For the guy who sells it to you. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> they said, if you really want to be able to retire, you need to be thinking about real estate. You need to be thinking about annuities. You need to be thinking about, you know, the infinite life, uh, infinite banking style life. It's mm -hmm. like whole life and doing that fully funding, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at him going, okay, you just went over my head B52 about 15 different <laughs> times. What the hell are you talking about? In fact, um, 
tax-deferred retirements. Those can be time bombs. And I, I'd love your opinion on why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Can you, can you explain that one to people? Because I, don't, I think a lot of people think it's a great idea. And, and to some degree, it might be. But I mean, we're in, we're in one of those situations right now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, and forgive me, Mike, I don't know. Do we have video sharing should I uh, just talk? You're welcome to. Sh- with, you're with you're audio? welcome. You you'll you'll be able to talk it if you want to share. Share, dude. Okay. Um, because uh, this will be on YouTube too. All right. So. Um, <clears throat> you know, let me let me do this really quick. I'll keep this brief. I promise, and I'll walk it through for the listening audience. Um, but you know, yeah, because yeah, this is this is important stuff. I mean, there, I do know people that have tax deferred retirements, and it's kind of like, okay, that's one. Yeah. What else you got? Yeah, yeah. Well, so what is what is tax deferred mean? Right. Oh, I love uh, it. He went full screen. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do it, it. Do it. Do it. So is what is the word deferred mean? Somebody define it. Right. It means wait until later. So, you know, is it a good idea to put off things that are deferred? <laughs> right. <laughs> I love this. Right? <laughs> this image is just perfect, bro. <laughs> so it's a picture of a lady trying to avoid a root canal is, is avoiding a root canal a good idea or a bad idea? Well, you know, it's the same oh with taxes. My gosh. So let's just do our math really quick. Let's pretend that you had $1,000 to invest. Would it make more sense to defer, i.e. postpone, uh, or to get that money in an after-tax environment and then get the money out tax-free? So let's say you were in a 20% tax bracket. Your money's growing at 10% a year. Right. Let's say over a 10-year period. It really doesn't matter what your numbers are, guys. Right. Right. The, the math is still the same. Right. So, you know, over, over like the first year, right, tax deferred means you pay no income tax when you put the money in. Right. And then it tax free means you get the money out tax free, but you paid your taxes getting into it. So like right. a Roth IRA. Right, right, right. right. <clears throat> so, you know, let's just say in the beginning, you put a thousand bucks in the tax deferred bucket. You got a thousand bucks. You didn't pay any taxes on that money. Good for you. Wonderful. Wonderful. On the tax free side, you did pay your taxes. Uh, <clears throat> so that's 20%. So 200 bucks gone right away. So right. right away, you're only able to invest 800 bucks. And the average financial advisor would tell you, oh, you know, hey, your tax deferred plan has more money to compound and grow. It's got a thousand bucks, not 800. You're going to do better in the tax deferred plan. <clears throat> right. Uh, so you're obviously better off doing tax deferred. Well, what about over the next, you know, 10 years after 10 years, the tax deferred bucket has 25, almost 2,600 bucks. The tax free bucket only has 2000 bucks. So obviously the winner is clear, right? Tax deferred money grows better than tax free. Well, wait a minute. Don't forget you had to pay your taxes when you got the money out of that tax deferred bucket which is exactly equal to your tax-free bucket. It, it, so it, it becomes when do you want to get hit because it's, it's pay now or pay later when it comes to the tax go. man. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think a lot of people get that part. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think they, they and, and this goes back to where's the fiduciary responsibility on some of the guys that are out there telling people, oh, your tax deferred is going to make you more money. No, it's not. No, it's not. It really doesn't matter, guys. It doesn't matter if your money is tax deferred or tax free, what only really counts is will you, it, are taxes going to be higher in the future or lower in the future? And that's really the, I just got off the phone call with a question, uh, with, with that question to a, a, 
um, person we were discussing their finances mm. and reviewing what they think. Right. And it, it doesn't matter who's <clears throat> in the White House. It doesn't matter who Congress, you know, I don't care if you voted for the guy or not. Has nothing to do with politics. There you go, man. It, it does if, not. If, if, your, if your taxes are even 1% higher in the future, <clears throat> it would have made more sense to pay your taxes today than 30 years, then later. years 10 years. Yeah, because 30, 20 years from now, you're not actively making any income. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're losing that money that you thought you had. It doesn't, it doesn't do you any good. Now, what, that, yep. and, that, and that's just one, that's just one tool. I mean, yeah. if you're only depending on that one tool, you're already shooting yourself in the foot long-term anyway. The way I kind of look at it too, Mike, is imagine you're out trick-or-treating mm. and you're collecting candy. And mm. if you're like me, you were the nerd in the neighborhood. And mm-hmm. so the, bu- the bullies would come up to you before you went out. Let's imagine a, a scenario where you, you're approached by some bullies and they tell you, hey, kiddo, we're going to take some of that candy from you when you get back home. And uh, you say, oh, that sucks. But hey, wait a minute. How much are you going to take? And they say, they look at each other and they say, well, we'll vote on that once you get back. And that's, a, that's exactly how the 401k works. It is. Right? So your, your congressmen and women haven't yet decided how much of your 401k they own yet. That, you know, and that's, mm. so I don't do politics on my, on my podcast. However, this does beg the, this does beg the slight opinion uh, that, if you think for one second they're not trying to figure out how to get into it, you're more blind than you think. Well, if the government creates a, a financial vehicle that gives you a tax break today, <clears throat> and they they're, wrote the they're, rule, they're counting on you making a lot right. more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, I agree about politics. Again, I don't care who it is, what their label says, what, what, what animal they represent, donkey or, rep, or elephant. You know, what matters is, do you know and do you care where you put your money and do you want access to it and do you want it without restrictions? And that's, that's really where the infinite banking concept comes in. That's where, yeah, yeah, you, you put, you put your money in places that you believe in and, you know, uh, that you can control and you understand everything else is, is details. Which, which brings a good question on, on average for the average middle-class American. Um, who may have a 401k, just as a thought, what other kinds of smart investments can they make considering what we're dealing with right now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, I would say the, you know, it's all about asset class. So you can have yes. your 401k basically in retail investments. Yeah, that's you know, what most of them are these days, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay. You're totally right, Mike. Yeah. Okay. So target date funds. Mm-hmm. Uh, ETFs, mutual yep. funds, mainly. It's all, yeah. it's all just kind of a, it's retail investments. You know, if you go to the mall, you're going to pay retail prices. If you yep. go to your 401k, you're going to pay retail prices. Yep. Uh, so I typically recommend folks get the company match if the company is going to match them. Right. And which uh, makes sense. Look outside your 401k for any additional uh, yield opportunities. Uh, and, you know, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity right now uh, in our world as the market shows itself bare and are losing money. So yeah. The, so the, so what, what, what would, what would people, what, what should we expect this as far as what's going on right now? I mean, we're, we still have a roller coaster obviously, but what can people expect as far as returns when, when it comes to investing and what's going on in the markets and stuff? Like that? 
That's a really smart question, Mike. Um, is it okay if I share my screen one more Go time? Go for it. Dude, that all right? that's why I got you. <laughs> right you. You wouldn't have a CFP if you didn't have a few numbers. So uh, again, I'll try to read this in a way that makes sense for the listening audience. Yes, please do. But let's imagine for, for a minute that in the year 2000, you had a $1.5 million to, in your, what, it doesn't matter, right? Brokerage yep. account. Whatever it is. K, <clears throat> yep. Something invested in the S&P. This is the S&P. Okay. Uh, with, with dividends invested since the year 2000. So each and every year here, you can see those returns. Look at that. In the first three years, they had the tech bubble bursting. They suck. Right? <laughs> yeah. There's pets.com right there. There's yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, negative 9%, negative 12, negative 22%. Oh, I got a comment about that once you yeah, get through this. No, no. When, when, you're, when you're done, because uh, that, that whole tech bubble bursting, I called. Ooh. Man, yeah, I, I, we I called be, it. We should be investing with Mike, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there, there were a few flags that threw up, that, that, that came up that caused me to, but we'll talk about that yeah. after. So share the rest uh, of this, please. The, the trouble is you're exactly right, man. Most people not caring, not looking, not watching, they're going to be, they're going to be like just riding this roller coaster up and down and up and down. And they all tell you, you know, the financial pundits on the radio and on the news, they all say, just don't look at it. Uh, Which, but that's so shitty. That's the so, worst fucking advice a, you can give it's somebody. It's so true, man. I mean, it's like, <laughs> think about it. It's, it's, we talk about the stock market like mm. we talk about an abusive relationship. Don't look at it. Or, or, an old girl, or, or an old ex that you just keep going back to because yeah, you just exactly. feel like getting some. That's, it's, this, that's exactly how they different. treat it. Yeah, right? yeah, no, yeah right. Different. This time it's different, sure. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else can we say? Like, uh, it's, it's your fault you're in this position. Or the other way around, it's my fault I'm in this position. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, you know, as you can tell, I have no love lost for the stock market, but... <laughs> Uh, I do think it has a place in your portfolio. Yeah. I'm a CFP, so I'm, I'm looking at this and saying, hey, put money in this thing that you can afford to lose. It is an investment. It's not a savings bucket. It's but you got to play, play it for the long game. That's right, yeah. And be okay if it drops, right? So over in, back to your question, what can investors expect? You know, over the last 20 some odd years, we've had an average, which includes <clears throat> a major recession, but also a major bull market run. We've yeah. had an average return of 6.4, so basically 6.5% right. with dividends. Right. Now, that surprises a lot of people, Mike. I'd be curious. Most people would tell me, oh, I can fall off a log and get 12% in the stock market. No, you can't. Not, yeah. unless you, not, not unless you're an active trader that understands what it means to short. Because like, as of late, if you didn't short the banks, you missed out. We missed out on, we missed out on wells. We missed... Chris, who was the other one we were told to that that we should have shorted? That other stock, do you remember? Oh, he's got stuff in his ears. Sorry, I'm a business partner here too. Um, we we we've missed out on a couple of shorts because we know how to do it. We just we just didn't catch it in time. I mean, you're talking about Boeing that was three hundred some odd dollars a share, dropping down to like ninety six. Somebody made money on that. Somebody shorts. made yep. bank on that short. So unless you understand that stuff, yep, nah. Not a so chance. If you're riding an index fund for 20 years. Oh, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, you ain't yeah, getting yeah. 12. You ain't never getting 12 on an index. Hell That's no, right. you ain't getting an index. No, That's right. no not going to happen. Now, now, we both probably know the name of the uh, famous radio host who's on the show every day. Uh, his last name rhymes with uh, Samzy. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> we know what 12%, that is. You know, 12%. No problem. Here we are. We're looking at the math. This is before fees. This is before taxes. 
the average uh, annual investor fees. Yeah, six, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> fees. There goes about a point and a half right there. Fees. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, you know, you would have ended up with 2.6 million uh, is your final balance and you're feeling pretty good putting in at 1.5 20 years ago, but that was a six point six and a half percent average return. But Mike, averages mean nothing. Nope. So the real return is lower than the average. Here's what I mean. Usually. Usually. Yeah. 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 Please explain that because it, it, I, I get it, but I know a lot of my audience won't. So go ahead. There you go. I'll, I'll give it real simple. So like, let's say you and I get together, we invest some money mm. and we, we got, let's just pick a number, 10 grand. We got okay. 10 grand. We're going to put in this thing right. and this thing goes up in the first year. Let's say it doubles in the first year. We get a hundred percent rate of return. Sweet. So we're up to 10,000 is up to 20. What investment? Bucks. Where do I wire this money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you after we record. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it's up to 20,000 bucks. That, that feels awesome. We're feeling Yes, great. it does. Yep. And then year two and holy smokes, we just lost 50% of our money. We had a negative year, negative 50%. We're from 20,000. We lose half of our money. 20,000 divided by two is we're right to back 10, to 10,000. Right, okay. right where we started two years yep. later. All right, let's do the math. We, we started and ended with no more money, right? 10,000 yep. up yep. to 20, down to 10. Yep. What was our average return there? If you were listening, guys, that was 100% and then minus 50%. Divide by two, that's an average rate of return of 25%. Yeah. Average rate of returns mean nothing. 25% yeah. is what, and by the way, that's what mutual funds are allowed to advertise on Morningstar. That's, the part, rate that's the part that I hate. Yeah. Is yeah. that they get to say that and it doesn't tell the truth of an actual yeah. investment in a fund. So here's um, the truth. Yeah, here's the truth on those numbers we just looked at. Your real return was closer to 2.8% even though the average return of the S&P 500 was six and a half, which is already pathetic. Your real return, if you had index funds over the last 20 years, including our bull market we just saw end, come to an end, 2.8. And that's, that's not just me saying that, Mike. You know, third parties you, like you wanna, Delta you wanna, are saying You want to hear something that's going to sound really facetious and it's do meant it, to man. be sarcastic? Yeah, do it. That's still better than a CD. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, what are CDs doing? Maybe two? At the best. Two Are they nine. doing two? Shit. Uh, Tell me where that is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. No, it's it. So guys, it, those that are listening, please understand. We're not, we're not throwing out doom and gloom here. We're throwing out reality. Yep. When you're making investments for your retirement, you have to understand there's more than what you think is going on at any one given moment in time in any part of the financial investment realm, no matter what tool you got. I know guys that are doing great in real estate but their portfolios are shit because they don't know what they're doing on, on that side. So while they're making money over here and they're doing okay, you know, they, they got all of their, their strategies and tactics there, but they get out to an actual investment, their portfolio, they go to a CFP like Mark and they go, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. Where do we, where do we put this money? Because I got a shit ton of cash coming in from my real estate. I don't know what to do with it. Where do I put it where I don't get taxed? Um, right. And, and there's, and there's both good and bad news for that question. Sometimes it's good where it's like, well, here, we got this. And sometimes it's bad. It's like, no, nah, just pay your taxes and get it over with. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it, it becomes, a, it becomes a, a, a mental awareness gang that are listening and watching. It becomes a mental awareness thing where you have to understand there's more to this game than anybody's ever going to tell you. For one, there's too much to remember. That's why he has the certification. <laughs> he went and right. studied it. He understood. You guys just saw it like two or three times on the screen. So you have... You have things to, to pay attention to. And if you're not clear, you know, you want to find somebody like Mark. 
that can make clear. I haven't heard it explained that simply in a long time, dude. I mean, most guys, they start getting in all, oh, well, there's these financial formulas and stuff. I'm like, dude, <laughs> stop the bullshit. Give them the real. And you just mm-hmm. did. Um, I had a question for you. And it came off of your sample questions too. Guys, I, I, a lot of times I ask for one sheets from my guests because they usually have good questions. There it is. Why is self-banking better than traditional banking? And, and let, me, let me frame this real quick. Guys, we all have bank accounts. Necessary to hold our money. I get it. However, when you go to the bank and the bank gives you only 2% in interest and charges you 6 or 7 for a mortgage, who's making out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if there was a way that you could do it where the arbitrage is in your favor, in other words, the money that's being made is by you rather than the bank, wouldn't that be smarter? Right on. So I'm going to frame it like that. Why would self-banking be a better idea than traditional banking, even though we need to have some of it anyway? Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. Well, so it kind of goes back to where you put your money makes it do different things, Mike. Um, you know, again, I'm not here to rail on one asset class or whatever. No, no, but, no. You know, let's talk about, you know, the smallest hinge that can swing the biggest door in your financial life. You know, if you could do one thing with your money, and by doing that one thing, you'd make the rest of your financial life either easier or unnecessary. Would you do that one thing? Right? Hell yeah. Yeah, me too. Ha- yeah. Ha- however, how many people actually do it because they're unclear as to what right. it actually is? Right. Because well, a lot of it sounds of too good to be noise. true. It's, it, yeah. Well, yeah, there's, there's that too. There's a ton of financial noise. There's no real clarity. And it's too good to be true in many cases for right. people to – because we, like you said – you and I were both raised in those, those environments where mm-hmm. you get a bank account, you get a savings account, yep. and then nobody taught us about credit or, or balancing a check. Well, I learned about checkbooks, but my only balance was on my finger. It never really there you go. <laughs> so it, it's, but people, they're, they're given only so much. And I swear it was intentionally done to keep the public ignorant when an, a smart investor helps a market thrive. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus an inner, ignorant investor that has only a couple of guys that are making things happen for themselves. You know, the whole day trading thing, when they got into it, everybody in the markets was like, oh, that's horrible. Look what it did. Yeah. Helped. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they've had to accept it. And now we have another situation just like that. And I think self-banking as a, um, as a, an avenue Mm -hmm. would make absolute sense. But again, so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. As you can tell, I get a little passionate about this, but yeah. How does this fit and and how does that work to someone's advantage? Yeah. So, you know, it's about where we put our money. So I believe, I believe that we're already in the banking business. Yeah. We're already in the banking business. We all have uh, a, a problem and the, the bank is the problem. Uh, I'm not talking about checking and savings. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying that banks that do lending and uh, participate in the fractional reserve banking system, um, which, well, that's a big $2 word. So let me break that down. Um, <laughs> Mike, if, if I walk into a bank and I give them $1,000, how much of my $1,000 are they supposed to keep on reserve? Any guesses on that? I used to know the answer to this. Um, I'll, I'll, just, I'll just, for the sake of time, I'll give you a, I do I'll not. I'll give you a clue here. Oh, damn. 
Yeah. As of last week, actually, it's now zero dollars uh, has to be kept on reserve. As of last week, the Federal Reserve lowered the That's reserve right. requirements to zero. <clears throat> That's right. They did. That hasn't. That was the case. Uh, even even a, a a year ago, it was no. You know, credit unions wouldn't need more than about two percent, and big banks needed close to ten. So, out of my thousand bucks, they might last year they would have had about a hundred dollars of my money on uh -huh. their books. Yeah. Where did the other nine hundred dollars go? Probably back out. Lending yeah, back out in, in a mortgage and the guy behind me in line needed a loan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whose yeah. money did the bank use? Well, did Yours. they put any of their own money in? No, no. They used, they created out of nowhere, $900 that, where did that guy who borrowed the money, where did he put it? Well, he put it in the bank, right? And then what do they do? They repeat the process and you can do this about 10 to 11 times before you're out of real dollars, right? And the bank is getting incredible infinite returns off that. So, you know, we already are in the banking business. And even if you pay cash for everything, you're still part of the banking problem. Sure. sure. Uh, so I would say that self-banking is the solution here. We all need to buy things in life. Right. Now, I could care less what your 401k did last year. Um, I'm sorry if you lost money this year. But more importantly, you know, buying things is something we all do, whether you're yep. a business owner needing inventory or capital, whether yep. you're a family needing to get your kid through college or yep. pay off a, yep. you know, pay off a car or whatever, pay off mm -hmm. your house. Mm -hmm. We all have to buy stuff. That's just, yeah. you know, part of life. Yep. How do you buy that thing? How do you buy that thing? Whatever it is that matters more to me than what your rate of return was in the stock market, because yep. the average American spends about a third of their life savings. According to the U S commerce bureau, Mike, uh, the average American spends 35.5% of their income just to service their debts. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. So if you could recapture that 35.5% or even half that mm -hmm. um, and, and let that be your own banking system, uh, if you could let that money flow back into your own wealth generating assets rather than going to a bank down the street, it's mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. Banks don't have mm -hmm. a monopoly mm -hmm. on the function of banking. Mm -hmm. Banks are nouns, but you mm -hmm. also have the verb. You can bank on yourself. You yes. can be your own source of financing and recapture all that money you're throwing at the banks. Getting That's why they have the biggest building in town, right? Right. That's why they have their grip on uh, the economy and politics right. and everything else. Right. Right. So self-banking is learning to take control, bringing back in-house uh, what it means to be a banker and to do the banking function in your life. I And I, okay, so guys, without getting into super technical stuff, because there is... We think it's a simple way because we understand it, we know it, but there is a little bit of education that goes along with what he's talking about. And if you want to learn more, there's one great way to go learn it, and that's go follow him. Well, <laughs> the, man, the, man, the man's got info, obviously. We've been sitting here talking about finance and investing for, I don't know, damn near an hour. Holy cow, we're almost there, brother. Um, and, 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 and thank you for hanging out with me and sticking around. Guys, I want to I give you some information about him real quick. Um, he is on, he's on Twitter. He's it's at Lake growth, L A K E G R O W T H. You can also find him on Facebook under that same thing. And I'm, I'm assuming that's your, your business page. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. Yep. You can find him on LinkedIn. He's there. Just go look for Mark Willis. Um, it's also under market, uh, Mark Lake growth. Um, you know, once after you did linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Mark Lake growth, and then you'll find him there. He's got a website. It's my, and my, I, I guess. No, I'll make it, I'll make it simple for you. I'll make it simple for you. If you guys love listening to podcasts. Oh, there it uh, is. Yeah. 
Yeah. If you love listening to podcasts, go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com. Cool. You know, there it is. The website or go to, and the best way to reach me, if you can't remember anything else, is just go straight to this website, freedomfromwallstreet.com, freedomfromwallstreet.com. Is, well, there's no sac- there's there's no sarcasm in that one, is there? Yeah. No, nothing facetious in that st- yeah. in that little. That's that's yeah. freaking awesome, man. You can connect with us, uh, either me or one of my colleagues. Happy to chat. <clears throat> no cost. We don't bite. I promise. If you want to date me first, we have that podcast link right on that freedomfromwallstreet.com website. We'll take you right there. I would suggest to any of you that are listening or watching here on YouTube that you go check out his podcast. Um, just in this little amount of time that we've had. Um, I've already learned a bunch and I got a few cold nuggets that I, I didn't know before. So, um, and as you can tell, I'm not exactly ignorant of what goes on in the market. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. You, well, you called a couple of crashes. Yeah. You're, I'm, I'm I wanted to tell you about that. that. I wanted to tell you about that. So I had a financial blog um, in 2006 at the urging of a couple of people that said, you knew about the tech crash coming before it hit. And I was like, no, I was kind of in the middle of it getting ready to fall, but the flags were there. Mm-hmm. I said, but that wasn't the interesting part. It's where the money went because money doesn't stop flowing. It just leaves a certain industry and vertical channel. He said, when it left tech, where did it go? I said, well, it went entirely one of the places that people least expected it to go. Mining. Mm. And I thought about that and I was like, how the hell did mining end up banking like that the money had to go someplace solid it had to go someplace safe mining is i guess i guess still considered a safer investment even though mines run out of gold and palladium and diamonds still and all that speculative, kind of stuff. yeah it's right. still speculative yeah. and, and by by and far um we have two major mining companies here um barrack and newmont and they're constantly it's funny um elko county uh, which is up in the northeast side of the, of the state is the county that has the miners that live but they work in Eureka next door, yeah. which is where all of the gold and everything's being found. Newmont is the latest. They found a vein that they estimated a million ounces. Wow. It's one hell of a vein. The last wow. vein that was found was by Barrick. It was only 200,000 ounces. Hmm. What's interesting to me is they share the workforce. Literally, one takes a break while the other one works. So right now, the miners that are working over in the Newmont mine are the same guys that were just over with Barrick just about a year and a half ago. Hmm. And it's, it's really mind boggling to me that it's like that. But again, they have their own operations that, and again, it's mining. It doesn't stop. Yeah. So it seems like a, it or seemed like a more solid investment as far as, you know, buying a stock or something of that nature. They've had fairly even returns. They don't, do the big jump up and down unless it has to do with the the price of gold or silver, whatever they're mining. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, we're going to see a shift. The river's going to move. And thinking about us as I bet mining, I I said, I bet I was guessing I said, I bet mining and it went and I was like, Oh shit. And everybody started. I literally had economists calling me out of the freaking blue going, who are you? And I said, (laughs) I'm nobody. I don't even have a certification. But if you watch what's going on in the freaking markets, it's kind of plain to see if you're really paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I right now, I probably couldn't call it to save my life because there's just too many variables playing out right now. It's pretty muddy, muddy waters right now. Pretty? Yep. Pretty? <laughs> I'd say very. And it's probably yeah. going to sit this way. This I can call. It's probably going to be muddy for the next year or two. Easy. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. only because of the amount of recovery that's going to be needed. Oh, I was talking to you earlier about um, one of the hopeful things about the recovery. Yes, 30% would cause us a one hell of a depression. Mm -hmm. But the money's not gone. The money is on hold because of a natural disaster. It's not that the markets and the money's disappeared. In fact, there's way too much money as it is um, because they keep push, pushing more paper up. But the money's there. It's just sitting. It's waiting to be moved. And whenever we get back to a degree of normalcy, and you can tell me I'm wrong, and I, I have been before. Um, when things get back to a degree of normalcy, I think people will get back to work. I think people will try to find a way to get back to work. I think sure. the companies are going to look for a way to get people to get back to work because the bigger companies still need their people to make their machine move. And in order to make that happen, somebody's got to call them back into work. So are we going to have 30% unemployment? Absolutely possible. Bad news. How long is that going to last? Good question. How fast can we get people back to work viably? Mm -hmm. before the stimulus package comes out, whatever that happens to be. Because there's a lot of people that were sitting in the back going, we got the money, it's in the bank, holding out. You know, we have trips that we were supposed to do. Las Vegas is absolutely closed right now. I mean, Green Valley, which is around the corner from me, lost six groups in one month. Mm -hmm. So everybody's gone, except for security. Obviously, they're, they're watching the property. But everybody's gone. What happens when it's time to come back to work? How are they going to do that? How are they going to manage yeah. that? How long will that take? And how long will it take to get back to normalcy? So to me, that's a positive. Sure. I see that as we got a shot here, guys. Hopefully no one screws it up. You know, there's going to be something to do. Um, yeah. So when you're, when you're looking at something like that in the midst of this going on right now and the 401 taking a tank, um, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll ask this as the last financial question, if you will. Um, in fact, I think this was also on here. What does it, uh, not, uh, how can people meet their financial goals without taking unnecessary risks? Because right now, I guarantee you, there are some fear mongers out there going, well, you're going to need to do this and you're going to need to do that. And it's going to be like, uh, what? Right, right. How do you, well, how yeah. do you avoid that? Yeah, we, well, thank you for everything you said there, Mike. That's awesome. And I <laughs> totally agree with you about uh, the, the roller coaster that we might be entering into now. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the future holds. No one is claiming to. Uh, I will say, you know, it, it's, it's important to control the environment where your money lives. Uh, you know, if we're all yeah. locked up in our house, then yep. they, they tell you find <laughs> ways to control your environment so you mm -hmm. don't go nuts, you know, mm -hmm. do push-ups mm -hmm. every day or, yep. you know, eat a home-cooked meal, do something to not go nuts if you're in lockdown mode like some of the states are as we're recording this. Yeah. Same yeah. is true with your money. You know, I've, I've met more people who had all their money tied up in their house value and their 401k and almost nothing in liquid cash. Ouch. And that means ouch, no ouch, options. Ouch. Yeah, yeah, none. You lose your job. Talking to a guy yesterday, he works for uh, one of the major airlines, about to lose his job. Worked there for many, over a decade. Mm -hmm. And, you know, literally all of his money is in his house, the, the drywall of his house, you know? That's not good. Um, That's so not good. Nope. who's going to give him a cash out refinance after he loses a job, right? Nobody. Banks don't lend when you need it. What's that old yeah. quote? Mike, uh, Mark Twain says, uh, a banker is a fellow who lends you his umbrella when the sun is shining, but wants it back as soon as it starts right. to rain. Yep, that's right? exactly right. Right? Yep. So yep. the key here, and to your point, yeah, we talked at the beginning of this episode about financial sanity. Yeah. yeah so we put your money in places that keep you sane, no matter what is going on on the news. 
take a breath, breathe through your nose. You know, this will, this too will pass. Mm -hmm. Find places, and we we use the bank on yourself for infinite banking concept mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. ourselves. My yep. my wife and I and our clients to make sure that our money is there when we need it. Not a single dollar has left our accounts since this whole thing started a Sweet. month ago. Sweet. In fact, we've had some dividends paid <clears throat> to us. Um, you know, all of our money is liquid, accessible to us. It's not tied up. It's not holding to a 401k where we got to wait till we're 59 and whatever a half. Right. Uh, it's, it's our cash, right? You right. can use it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, thinking sanely and thinking critically about, hey, wh you know, what are our options? What's, what are our uh, options for where we're going to put our money? And then, mm -hmm. you know, thinking strategically about taking necessary risks. I think, you know, walking out the door is a, is a necessary risk. If you're going to go, you know, meet a client or, yep. or start a business, you got to take some necessary <laughs> risk. Who's here saying you have to take unnecessary risks. Where is it written that you have to put your money in places that you can't uh, control just to retire? It's not, it's not a, a law that you have to put your money into things that tank when the market tanks. Well, and that's the best part too, is, is taking the time to educate yourself. Um, if you do you see go. something that looks, <clears throat> enticing if it well for one if it's too good to be true i'd go digging even deeper um but if it looks stable enough <clears throat> make sure you know enough about it to be the sane investor rather than the one that looks insane just because they're throwing money all over the place you don't want to do that either so that's dude sage advice appreciate that right on. guys you are listening to java chat with coffee with mike and mark will cfp a gentleman that has lake growth financial um you're where you out of, man? Chicago. No, where? Yeah, uh, downtown. Downtown. Nice. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite cities to visit. Yeah, I used to be up there in the summer all the time. Right on. And you're there near Green Valley, you say? Is that Colorado? No, Green Valley is um, um, an area in uh, South Las Vegas. Oh, okay. yeah, that's right that's Henderson. Green Valley is actually Henderson. Uh, Okay, gotcha. Newmont and everything has, I know their headquarters in Colorado, but they've yeah, got Newmont, Newmont, Newmont has, well, they've got their, their main headquarters up in Colorado. So is Barrick. However, um, they have satellite offices in Elko <clears throat> to manage the, the labor. They have some business offices here in Green Valley um, mm. so that they can do some of their other um, administrative and operational work, I guess. Cool. But yeah, both both of them are, are, are based up there. Right on. You, and um, right now, as we're recording this, March 25th, Illinois is in lockdown, shutdown. Are you guys similar? We're, we're in requested, requested shelter in place. We, it's, it's, it's heavily suggested. Um, Non-essentials are all closed. As I said, the casinos are gone. The, the strip is a ghost town. It's weird. Wow. wow. Um, my buddy's a, a metro police officer. He goes, yeah, this is probably the most eerie I've ever seen this place. There's just like nobody around i'm like yeah I, I can see that um so yeah all of the non-essentials are closed uh, uh the only restaurants that can be open are the ones that have carry out or, or delivery <clears throat> for the most part the grocery stores are still open um i actually have a friend who has a food distribution company who opened up his uh his business to the public um for obvious reasons he's stuck with a lot of stock that he can't sell to the, the strip um, and he's got some great stuff. We, we, it's interesting. You said have a home cooked meal. We made uh, penne pasta last night with chicken, uh, chicken meatballs. And it was Italian pasta, which is about 14% protein by volume. And it's, it's, I accidentally served that kind of pasta to a couple of friends that are gluten intolerant. I was freaking out all night. I was like, I need, how's your stomach? How you doing? How you feeling? You feeling sick? You doing okay? And they're just like, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm like, 
Yeah. Like what? Wasn't that a gluten-free pasta? I went, no, Italian, it was pasta, not. Yeah, it, it's so much better. Yeah. The, I mean, it's, it's, it's truly legit. healthy. It's, it's the, it's the, yeah. it's the real deal. So, mm-hmm. so I got a, I got a six pack yesterday. We made panay last night. It was really good. It was, we, you know, the whole family sat around the table and we enjoyed a nice meal together. So yeah, if you right know, on. whatever you got to do to keep that sanity too. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say it one more time, y'all. Um, or actually, I'll have Mark say it one more time. Mark, where can they find you? What's yeah. your website? One more time. Where is it at? Number one spot to remember, guys, as you're driving down the street, freedomfromwallstreet.com. 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 I will put all of this, guys, in the, in the descriptions, both on YouTube and on Anchor. If you're listening to us on any of the other channels that we get syndicated out to, Spotify, podcasts, and stuff like that, thank you for hanging out and having a cup of coffee with us. My coffee's long gone because it was a good conversation. I there love you know. conversations like this. Cheers. I appreciate what it. Say, uh, you don't drink coffee, you just borrow it for a while. So That's right, just for a little bit. You know, get the caffeine and then put in more later. Yeah. Um, guys, Mark, uh, first off, Mark, thank you so much for spending thank you. time with Thanks, me, um, hanging out, making some clarity, because um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are just like, I don't know what to do. Um, and, and by all means, stay in touch. Uh, glad to have you on board. Would love to have you back. Uh, if you got any updates or you think anything's really important to share with different communities, I'm going to push your stuff out as much as I can. So I appreciate you. Um, to everybody else that's listening, make sure you take care of yourselves, stay healthy, stay safe, and make sure you keep love in your heart for anybody that you meet. We don't get to touch each other and hug each other, but damn it, smile, put a connection in those eyes and make sure you share the love that way. Until next time, we appreciate all of you. Take care. Ciao for now. Hey everybody, welcome to Java Chat. My name's Coffee with Mike, and I have the distinct pleasure of interviewing to that side, I got to remember that everything's always in reverse, to your left, my right, or my left, your right, whatever. Mark Willis, <laughs> certified financial planner, who is an expert in this field. And, and the reason that I brought him on is because a lot of you guys have been kind of wondering, with everything that's happening right now, uh, and the condition of the markets, what we've been seeing with what's, what's happening in finance, and mortgage, and, and investing, and then on and on and on, there's a lot of questions. And a lot of the questions revolve around what are we to expect? Uh, I've had a few people tell me that, you know, we're looking at another deal where their 401k is going to become a 301k and what's the future of that? And where do I put my money next? And, you know, we watched Wells Fargo take a nosedive. I, you know, my, my buddy called me up and said, shoot the banks quick. And I went, huh? And then watched them tank. Uh, and so there's a lot of unsurety uncertainty and I needed somebody that understands all of that kind of stuff um, along with other financial you know strategies and things of that nature and I found Mark and Mark was kind enough to come and join us today so I'm going to say good morning sir thank you for joining me on Java chat for a cup of Java and uh, if you wouldn't mind while I take a sip why don't you give the gang a little bit of background on you sure Um, my name is Mark Willis Thanks for having me on, Mike. It's a pleasure to be here with your, uh, you and your audience today, man. Um, and uh, you know, the sometimes the the best thing to do is just kind of start with a, a failure of mine. I, I feel like my my biggest uh, failures and and shortcomings started right when I got out of college. We had six figures of student loan debt in 2008 when lots of people were hiring. Let me tell you, right. it was a great time of life. Wow. <laughs> getting into the workforce. Yeah, uh, we had no plan to pay that debt off. 120 grand in debt, um, no plan to pay it off, no job, you know, Familiar. So, yeah, I've <laughs> been there, <laughs> and, you know, it feels like history is repeating itself. I just noticed we've now had three major market crashes in mm. just the last 20 years. Yep. 
So all within, you know, all within the span of just a couple of weeks, no less. It's just kind of like, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, as we're recording this, it's May, uh, March 25th right now. I don't know when this will air, but you know, volatility has upgraded to turbulence. It feels like, yeah, yeah. you know, like normal yeah. volatility is, I guess, part of the game with, uh, with wall street, but we're in a new, like categorically different type of swings in the market right now. And yeah. a lot of people are scared. A lot yeah. of people, uh, you know, are concerned about their job being lost. You know, I read mm. a recent article by Reuters that said um, some economists are predicting 30% unemployment. Yeah, I saw that too. Um, yeah, where, uh, whereas uh, what we had 10% in the Great Recession and about mm. 20% in the Great Depression. Right. To do anything <clears throat> up, upwards of 30% unemployment uh, would absolutely shake the foundations of the world. As it's with the world's largest economy. Agreed. I, th I think, I think one of the, there are some hopeful saving graces in, in all of this craziness that I, that I have seen already. Um, and there are some logical potential rebounds that may come, um, but it's going to take everybody being very smart uh, and being, what's the word, appropriate with protocol in their investing and their work and things that they decide to do moving forward. Again, one of the reasons that I brought you on because um, we are going to get into that. Um, so you, you, you had that fun, you had that failure, you learned what you learned. How'd you get to where you are today? Because that, that CFP, that, that's not an easy title to get. No, no, it took us, uh, and I say us, my wife and I, she definitely uh, took the sacrifice there, but it was about three, three plus years of every night grueling study. Uh, and I did it honestly out of uh, just personal desire to get this thing called money figured out. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't raised with, you know, a silver spoon in my hand and we didn't learn about much more than a savings account right. as a kid growing up. Right. Um, you know, the, the basic rules of, you know, pay off the house and, you know, um, just kind of sit on a savings account was about all I knew. Um, yeah. and thought, thought that was the way everyone did it. And then we're exposed to a brand new world of collateralized debt obligations. What? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so I wanted to learn about that stuff and figure out why we went through what we did in the 2008 crisis. And I started to realize it wasn't as um, unexpected as everyone thought. Some people saw it coming. Some people even benefited from it. I didn't benefit uh, off it, but I saw it coming. Let me tell yeah, you. Yeah. <laughs> I watched, I was yeah. like, uh, something's going to happen. Like a car wreck. You know, you're seeing that guy coming right. <clears> I can't move out of the way. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, anyway, we started a financial firm after kind of the ashes of the Great Recession. We started a financial firm. Great, great business to get into when everyone's hating, you know, uh, the banks, finance companies, uh, credit cards, mortgage companies. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Lots of hate going like, around at that time. <laughs> amen, man. Yeah, I just felt like for me, I, I personally wanted to figure money out. Uh, and I didn't need a CFP to do that, I guess. Right. But you know, when we started our financial firm, I wanted to create <clears throat> strategies and mm -hmm. concepts that mm -hmm. would be uh, a move towards sanity right. in the midst of an insane world. Yeah. And I feel like most people's financial portfolios, their financial lives are built mm. around insanity. Yeah. I, I know that's I, quite a claim, but. Uh, actually, I would have to agree. Um, a lot of people did things because I know a couple of planners that did some things and I, I, I shook my head when they did it. And I was like, dude, you're, you're not, you're not, you're planning for make, making money. You're not planning for stability and safety in the midst of what we just went through. And here you are trying to take off like a rocket again. I'm telling you, someone's going to clip your wings. 
well, guess where we're at today? <laughs> I get yeah. I get the roller coaster of the markets. That's fine, but the moment you get something that the first, and I'm just gonna just throw this out: the first inkling that this virus had started in China. In my mind, already, I ran down the road four or five months, and I said, "This is gonna this is gonna get the word pandemic. The markets are gonna tank." Mm-hmm. I I didn't know how bad. So the markets are going to tank. There's going to be a lot of layoffs. There's going to be a lot of stuff going wrong. I didn't realize it was going to be this bad, but right. yeah. it's, it's like, I know the guys that did some things that had some of their clients investing and their clients are probably super pissed right now sure. because they invested at a time when things were good. They should yep. have held off and, and put money in when the market started tanking. It probably had they done it properly um, may have staved off some of the, unfortunate series of unfortunate events that started happening. One after the other. <laughs> yeah. So that's, yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. It's, that's it's just like, it, Mike. I mean, yeah. I mean, go back to February. Did you know, did I know, did anyone know? Uh, maybe you did. It sounds like, but you know, did we, could we foresee the, the, that a, a, uh, the market high at Dow 30,000, on February 13th, almost it was 500 points shy, yeah. sh- shy of 30,000. Yeah. And now we're at the time of recording, we're scratching in the low 20s. You know, we were at 19, 18,000 for a minute, and mm-hmm. we're we're scratching in the low 20s right now. I was I was looking at so watching the economy take off like that, so to speak, seeing all of the positives and all the good stuff, and I'm like, okay, okay, there's more, there's more. But it's the same thing like any weather balloon that you send up. Eventually, it will burst. There you go. Yep. Now, that's, now, that's not to say that it couldn't keep going up, that somewhere along the line, it could have corrections where it would you know, uh, bring it to some degree of normalcy. But I didn't see that with this mm-hmm. run. I, I was watching it going, there's too much happening. It's too fast. People are not paying attention to any of the other possible side flags. Um, And everybody's just trying to bank as fast as they can, which is fine. But you and I both know that that's exactly the time you're supposed to watch your ass. Um, And I don't think anybody was. I honestly didn't. Um, So when the first hit came, I said, okay, so long as we don't hit that third 15-minute break, which was that first day, we had two. We almost hit that third one. I I was really worried that day. Our first tumble. Um, my buddy used to work on Wall Street. He was he worked on uh, M and A's for Prudential, um, and I have another one. He used to work for another branch, and we both sat. We were both sitting online. She's in she's in Europe, and we're both sitting online looking at each other, going, "They hit that third break. We got another Black Monday or Friday yeah. or whatever day it was." And she's yeah. like, "Let's hope that doesn't happen because that would be a shit run." And that's yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's anyway. So back to you. <laughs> that's it. That's it, man. Yeah. Well, you know, what you're talking about is like, is the story of the, the stock market. And again, where you put your money makes it do different things. Uh, and that's such an obvious statement, Mike. I mean, even saying that like, like it matters, but we're like, it's a, it's a big light bulb. But for a lot of people, we just don't think we, we're given the day job, you know, we get that 40 hour a week employment and here you go. Here's your 401k. Here's your, you know, here's your savings account. Uh, you know, and, and just out of, out of nowhere, we, we go through 40 years and we make it to retirement and wait, you know, I thought we would have had a lot more in our account by then. You know, I thought we would have had a whole lot more than, than we do. 
Which begs the question, did we, at did that point, did we really hit retirement? Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. we have how many different types of financial instruments to invest in? Besides yeah. the one that our, our W-2 supposedly takes care of us with? Yeah. You know, I counted it up when we were doing the CFP training and everything, and it was about 450 financial Isn't that insane? Yeah. 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 I mean, hedge fund, savings account, real estate, dynastic trusts, raw land. I mean, <clears throat> 401ks. It's, it's surprising to a lot of people, Mike. Um, the 401k is not even old enough to retire. And yet- Never was. Never was. And that's the, when I use, because I've sat with friends who are also CFPs and I've asked them, I've said, is a 401k a good investment? They looked at me and they went, for what? For the guy who sells it to you. Yeah, maybe. Exactly. <laughs> they said, if you really want to be able to retire, you need to be thinking about real estate. You need to be thinking about annuities. You need to be thinking about, you know, the infinite life, uh, infinite banking style life, mm -hmm. like whole life and doing that fully funding, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking at them going, okay, you just went over my head B52 about 15 different <laughs> times. What the hell are you talking about? In fact, um, tax deferred retirements. Those can be time bombs, and I, I'd love your opinion on why. Mm -hmm. Yeah, can you can you explain that one to people? Because I don't. I think a lot of people think it's a great idea, and and to some degree it might be. But I mean, we're in, we're in one of those situations right now, aren't we? Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, um, and forgive me, Mike. I don't know. Do we have video sharing? Should I uh, just talk? You're welcome to share. You're, you're welcome. You, you'll, you'll be able to talk it if you want to share. Share, dude, because okay. uh, this will be on YouTube too. All right. So. Um, <clears throat> you know, let me, let me do this really quick. I'll keep this brief, I promise. And I'll walk it through for the listening audience. Um, but, you know, yeah. Yeah, because this is, this is important stuff. I mean, there, I do know people that have tax-deferred retirements, and it's kind of like, okay, that's one. Yeah. What else you got? Yeah, yeah. Well, so what is, what is tax-deferred mean? right? Oh, I love um, it. He went full screen. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> do it, do it, do it. So is, what is the word deferred mean? Somebody define it, right? It means wait until later. So, you know, is it a good idea to put off things that are deferred, <laughs> right? <laughs> I love this. Right? <laughs> this image is just perfect, bro. <laughs> so it's a picture of a lady trying to avoid a root canal. Is, is avoiding a root canal a good idea or a bad idea? Well, you know, it's the same oh with taxes. Oh my gosh. So let's just do our math really quick. Let's pretend that you had $1,000 to invest. Would it make more sense to defer, i.e. postpone, uh, or to get that money in an after-tax environment and then get the money out tax-free? So let's say you were in a 20% tax bracket. Your money's growing at 10% a year. Right. Let's say over a 10-year period. It really doesn't matter what your numbers are, guys. Right. Right. The, the math is still the same. Right. So, you know, over, over like the first year, right, tax deferred means you pay no income tax when you put the money in. Right. And then it tax free means you get the money out tax free, but you paid your taxes getting into it. So like right. a Roth IRA. Right, right, right. right. <clears throat> so, you know, let's just say in the beginning, you put a thousand bucks in the tax deferred bucket. You got a mm -hmm. thousand bucks. You didn't pay any taxes on that money. Good for you. Wonderful. Wonderful. On the tax free side, you did pay your taxes. Uh, <clears throat> so that's 20%. So 200 bucks gone right away. So right. right away, you're only able to invest 800 bucks. And the average financial advisor would tell you, advisor would tell you, 
oh, you know, hey, your tax deferred plan has more money to compound and grow. It's got a thousand bucks, not 800. You're going to do better in the tax deferred plan, right? Uh, so you're obviously better off doing tax deferred. Well, what about over the next, you know, 10 years? After right. 10 years, the tax deferred bucket has 25, almost 2,600 bucks. The tax free bucket only has 2,000 bucks. So obviously, the winner is clear, right? Tax deferred money grows better than tax free. Well, sure. wait a minute. <clears throat> Don't forget, you had to pay your taxes when you got the money out of that tax deferred bucket, which is exactly equal to your tax free bucket. It, it, so it, it becomes when do you want to get hit because it's it's pay now or pay later when it comes to the tax go. man. And yeah. I, I don't I don't think a lot of people get that part. Mm -hmm. I think I think they they and and this goes back to where's the fiduciary responsibility on some of the guys that are out there telling people oh your tax deferred is going to make you more money. No, it's not. No, it's not. It really doesn't matter, guys. It doesn't matter if your money is tax deferred or tax free. What only really counts is will you it, our taxes going to be higher in the future. Or lower in the future, and that's really the. I just got off the phone call with a question, uh, with with that question to a, a, a person we were discussing their finances mm. and reviewing what they think. Right. And it it doesn't matter who's <clears throat> in the White House. It doesn't matter who Congress. You know, I don't care if you voted for the guy or not. Has nothing to do with politics. There you go, man. It it does if, not. If if your if your taxes are even one percent higher in the future, <clears throat> it would have made more sense to pay your taxes today than. 30 years, then later, 10 years, 10 years yeah, because because 30, 20 years from now, you're not actively making any income. Yeah, you're yeah. you're losing that money that you thought you had. It doesn't it doesn't do you any good. No, not, yep. And that, and that's just one that's just one tool. I mean, yeah. if you're only depending on that one tool, you're already shooting yourself in the foot long term anyway. The way I kind of look at it too, Mike, is imagine you're out trick or treating mm. and you're collecting candy and. Mm. You, if you're like me, you were the nerd in the neighborhood. And mm -hmm. so the, bu the bullies would come up to you before you went out. Let's imagine a, a scenario where you, you're approached by some bullies and they tell you, hey, kiddo, we're going to take some of that candy from you when you get back home. And uh, you say, oh, that sucks. But hey, wait a minute. How much are you going to take? And they say, they look at each other and they say, well, we'll vote on that once you get back. And that's, a, that's exactly how the 401k works. It is. Right? So- your, your congressmen and women haven't yet decided how much of your 401k they own yet. That, you know, and that's, mm. so I don't do politics on my, on my podcast. However, this does beg the, this does beg the slight opinion uh, that if you think for one second, they're not trying to figure out how to get into it. You're more blind than you think. Well, if the government creates a, a financial vehicle that gives you a tax break today, <clears throat> and they they're, wrote the they're, rule, they're counting on you making a lot right. more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cheers. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, I agree about politics. Again, I don't care who it is, what their label says, what, what, what animal they represent, donkey or, rep, or elephant. You know, what matters is, do you know and do you care where you put your money? And do you want access to it? And do you want it without restrictions? And that's that's really where the infinite banking concept comes in. That's where. I love that concept. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. You you put you put your money in places that you believe in, and you know uh, that you can control, and you understand everything else is is details. Which which brings a good question. On on average, for the average middle class American, um, who may have a four hundred one k, just as a thought. <clears throat> 
what other kinds of smart investments can they make considering what we're dealing with right now? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, you know, I would say the, you know, it's all about asset class. So you can have yes. your 401k basically in retail investments. Yeah, that's you know, what the, most of them are these days, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Okay. You're totally right, Mike. Yeah. Okay. So target date funds, mm-hmm. uh, ETFs, mutual yeah. funds. Mainly, it's all, yeah. It's all just kind of a, it's retail investments. You know, if you go to the mall, you're going to pay retail prices. If you yep. go to your 401k, you're going to pay retail prices. Yep. Uh, so I typically recommend folks get the company match if the company is going to match them. Right. And which uh, makes sense. Look outside your 401k for any additional uh, yield opportunities. Uh, and you know, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity right now uh, in our world as the market shows itself bare and we're losing money. So yeah. The, so the, so what what, what would what would people what what should we expect as as far as what's going on right now? I mean. We're st- we still have a roller coaster, obviously, but what can people expect as far as returns when, when it comes to investing and what's going on in the markets and stuff like that? That's a really smart question, Mike. Um, is it okay if I share my screen one more Go time? for it, dude. Is that all right? That's why I got you. <laughs> <laughs> you. You wouldn't have a CFP if you didn't have a few numbers. So uh, again, I'll try to read this in a way that makes sense for the listening audience. Yes, please do. But let's imagine for, for a minute that in the year 2000, you had a $1.5 million to in your... Well, it doesn't matter, right? Brokerage yep. account, whatever it is, one k, <clears throat> yep. something invested in the S. This is the S and P, okay, uh, with, with dividends invested since the year two thousand. So each and every year here, you can see those returns. Look at that. In the first three years, they had the tech bubble bursting. They suck. Right? <laughs> yeah, there's Pets.com right there. There's yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right. So you know, negative nine percent, negative twelve, negative twenty-two percent. Oh, know, I got a comment about that once you yeah, get through this. No, no, when, when you're when you're done, because uh, that that whole tech bubble bursting, I called. Ooh, man. Yeah, I I, I called be- it. We should be investing with Mike, guys. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. There, there were a few flags that threw up that, that, that came up that caused me to, but we'll talk about that yeah. after. So share the rest uh, of this, please. The, the trouble is you're exactly right, man. Most people not caring, not looking, not watching. They're going to be, they're going to be like just riding this roller coaster up and down and up and down. And they all tell you, you know, the financial pundits on the radio and on the news, they all say, just don't look at it. Uh, which, that's so shitty. That's the so, worst fucking advice a, you can give it's somebody. It's so true, man. I mean, it's like, <laughs> think about it. It's, it's, we talk about the stock market like mm. we talk about an abusive relationship. Don't look at it. Or, or, an old girl, or, or an old ex that you just keep going back to because yeah, you just exactly. feel like getting some. That's, it's, this, that's exactly how they treat it. Yeah, right, yeah, no, yeah right. This time uh, it's different, sure. It, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see, what else can we say? Like, uh, it's, it's your fault you're in this position. Or the other way around, it's my fault I'm in this position. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I'm, you know, as you can tell, I have no love lost for the stock market, but... <laughs> Uh, I do think it has a place in your portfolio. I yeah. am a CFP, so I'm, I'm looking at this and saying, hey, put money in this thing that you can afford to lose. It is an investment. It's not a savings bucket. It's but you got to play, play it for the long game. That's right, yeah. And be okay if it drops, right? So over in, back to your question, what can investors expect? You know, over the last 20 some odd years, we've had an average, which includes <clears throat> a major recession, but also a major bull market run. We've yeah. had an average return of 6.4, so basically 6.5% right. with dividends. Right Now, that surprises a lot of people, Mike. I'd be curious. Most people would tell me, oh, I can fall off a log and get 12% in the stock market. No, you can't. 
Not yeah. unless you not not unless you're an active trader that understands what it means to short. Because because like as of late, if you didn't short the banks, you missed out. We missed out on. We missed out on Wells. We missed Chris. Who was the other one we were told to that that we should have shorted? That other stock. Do you remember? Oh, he's got stuff in his ears. Sorry, I'm a business partner here too. Um, we we we've missed out on a couple of shorts because we know how to do it. We just we just didn't catch it in time. I mean, you're talking about Boeing that was three hundred some odd dollars a share, dropping down to like ninety six. Somebody made money on that. Somebody shorts. made yep. bank on that short. So unless you understand that stuff, yep. nah, not a so chance. If you're riding an index fund for twenty years, oh yeah, good luck. Yeah, you ain't yeah, getting yeah. 12. You ain't never getting 12 on it. Hell that's no, right. you ain't getting an index. No, that's right. No, not going to happen. Now, now, we both probably know the name of the uh, famous radio host who's on the show every day. Uh, his last name rhymes with uh, Samzy. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> yep. Yep. <laughs> we know what that is. 12%, you know, 12%, no problem. Here we are. We're looking at the math. This is before fees. This is before taxes. The average uh, annual investor. Fees. Yeah, six, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> fees. There goes about a point and a half right there. Fees. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, you know, you would have ended up with 2.6 million uh, is your final balance and you're feeling pretty good putting in at 1.5 20 years ago, but that was a six point six and a half percent average return. But Mike, averages mean nothing. Nope. So the real return is lower than the average. Here's what I mean. Usually. Usually. Yeah yeah. 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 Please explain that because it, it, I, I get it, but I know a lot of my audience won't. So go ahead. There you go. I'll, I'll give it real simple. So like, let's say you and I get together, we invest some money mm. and we, we got, let's just pick a number, 10 grand. We got okay. 10 grand. We're going to put in this thing right. and this thing goes up in the first year. Let's say it doubles in the first year. We get a hundred percent rate of return. Sweet. So we're up to 10,000 is up to 20. What investment? Bucks. Where do I wire this money? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you after we record. <laughs> So uh, it's up to 20,000 bucks. That, that feels awesome. We're feeling yes, great. Yes, it does. Yep. And then year two and holy smokes, we just lost 50% of our money. We had a negative year, negative 50%. We're from 20,000. We lose half of our money. 20,000 divided by two is We're back right back to 10,000. Right, okay. right where we started two years yep. later. All right, let's do the math. We, we started and ended with no more money, right? 10,000 yep. up yep. to 20, down to 10. Yep. What was our average return there? If you were listening, guys, that was 100% and then minus 50% divide by two. That's an average rate of return of 25%. Yeah. Average rate of returns mean nothing. 25% yeah. is what, and by the way, that's what mutual funds are allowed to advertise on Morningstar. That's, the part, rate that's the part that I hate. Yeah. Is yeah. that they get to say that and it doesn't tell the truth of an actual yeah. investment in a fund. So here's um, the truth. Yeah, here's the truth on those numbers we just looked at your real return was closer to 2.8%, even though the average return of the S&P 500 was six and a half, which is already pathetic. Your real return, if you had index funds over the last 20 years, including our bull market we just saw end, come to an end, 2.8. And that's, that's not just me saying that, Mike. You know, third parties you, like- you wanna, you, wanna, you wanna hear something that's gonna sound really facetious and it's meant it, to be man. sarcastic? Yeah, do it. That's still better than a CD. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah yeah what are cds doing maybe two at the best two are they doing two shit uh, tell me where that is yeah <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah no it's it so guys it, those that are listening please understand we're not we're not throwing out doom and gloom here we're throwing out reality 
Yep. When you're making investments for your retirement, you have to understand there's more than what you think is going on at any one given moment in time in any part of the financial investment realm, no matter what tool you got. I know guys that are doing great in real estate, but their portfolios are shit because they don't know what they're doing on, on that side. So while they're making money over here and they're doing okay, you know, they, they got all of their, their strategies and tactics there, but they get out to an actual investment, their portfolio they go to a CFP like Mark and they go, Hey, I don't know what I'm doing here. Where do we, where do we put this money? Because I got a shit ton of cash coming in from my real estate. I don't know what to do with it. Where do I put it where I don't get taxed? Um, right. And, and there's, and there's both good and bad news for that question. Sometimes it's good where it's like, well, here we got this. And sometimes it's bad. It's like, nah, just pay your taxes and get it over with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it becomes a, it becomes a, a, a mental awareness gang that are listening and watching becomes a mental awareness thing where you have to understand there's more to this game than anybody's ever going to tell you. There's more to this game than anybody's ever going to tell you. For one, there's too much to remember. That's why he has the certification. <laughs> he went and right. studied it. He understood. You guys just saw it like two or three times on the screen. So you have, you have things to, to pay attention to. And if you're not clear, you know, you want to find somebody like Mark that can make clear I haven't heard it explained that simply in a long time, dude. I mean, most guys, they start getting in all, oh, well, there's these financial formulas and stuff. I'm like, dude, <laughs> stop the bullshit. Give them the real. And you just mm-hmm. did. Um, I had a question for you. And it came off of your sample questions too. Guys, I, I, a lot of times I ask for one sheets from my guests because they usually have good questions. There it is. Why is self-banking better than traditional banking? And, and let me, let me frame this real quick. Guys, we all have bank accounts necessary to hold our money. I get it. However, when you go to the bank and the bank gives you only 2% in interest and charges you six or seven for a mortgage, who's making out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if there was a way that you could do it where the arbitrage is in your favor, in other words, the money that's being made is by you rather than the bank. Wouldn't that be smarter? Right on. So I, I'm going to frame it like that. Why would self-banking be a better idea than traditional banking, even though we need to have some of it anyway? Mm-hmm. Man, yeah. Well, so it kind of goes back to where you put your money makes it do different things, Mike. Um, you know, again, I'm not here to rail on one asset class or whatever. No, no, but, no. You know, let's talk about, you know, the smallest hinge that can swing the biggest door in your financial life. You know, if you could do one thing with your money and by doing that one thing, you'd make the rest of your financial life either easier or unnecessary. Would you do that one thing? Right? Hell yeah. Yeah, me too. Ha- yeah. Ha- however, how many people actually do it because they're unclear as to what right. it actually is? Right. Because well, a lot of it sounds of too good to be noise. true. It's, it, yeah. well, yeah, there's, there's that too. There's a ton of financial noise. There's no real clarity. And it's too good to be true in many cases for right. people to, because we, like you said, you and I were both raised in those, those environments mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you get a bank account, you get a savings account, yep. and then nobody taught us about credit or, or balancing a check. Well, I learned about checkbooks, but my only balance was on my finger. It never really, there you go. <laughs> so it, it's, but people they're, they're given only so much. And I swear it was intentionally done to keep the public ignorant when an, a smart investor helps a market thrive. Right. Mm-hmm. Versus an ignorant investor that has only a couple of guys that are making things happen for themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, the whole day trading thing, when they got into it, everybody in the markets was like, oh, that's horrible. Look what it did. Yeah. It helped. Yeah. yeah. Right. 
and they've had to accept it. And now we have another situation just like that. And I think self-banking as a, um, as a, an avenue would make absolute sense. But how, again, so I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I, as you can tell, I get a little passionate about this, but yeah, how does this fit and, and how does that work it to someone's advantage? Yeah. So, you know, it's about where we put our money. So I believe, I believe that we're already in the banking business. Yeah. We're already in the banking business. We all have uh, a, a problem and the, the bank is the problem. Uh, I'm not talking about checking and savings. Yeah. yeah. I'm saying that banks, that do lending and uh, participate in the fractional reserve banking system, um, which, well, that's a big $2 word. So let me break that down. Um, <laughs> Mike, if, if I walk into a bank and I give them a thousand dollars, how much of my thousand dollars are they supposed to keep on reserve? Any guesses on that? I used to know the answer to this. Um, I'll, I'll just, I'll just, for the sake of time, I'll give you I a, do I'll not give you a clue here. Oh, damn. Yeah. As of last week, actually, it's now zero dollars uh, has to be kept on reserve. As of last week, the Federal Reserve lowered the That's reserve right. requirements to zero. <clears throat> That's right. They did. That hasn't. That was the case. Uh, even even a, a a year ago, it was no. You know, credit unions wouldn't need more than about two percent, and big banks needed close to ten. So, out of my thousand bucks, they might last year they would have had about a hundred dollars of my money uh -huh. on their books. Yeah. Where did the other nine hundred dollars go? Probably back out. Lending yeah, back out in, in a mortgage and the guy behind me in line needed a loan, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whose yeah. money did the bank use? Well, did Yours. they put any of their own money in? No, no. They used, they created out of nowhere, $900 that, where did that guy who borrowed the money, where did he put it? Well, he put it in the bank, right? And then what do they do? They repeat the process and you can do this about 10 to 11 times before you're out of real dollars, right? And the bank is getting incredible infinite returns off that. So, you know, we already are in the banking business. And even if you pay cash for everything, you're still part of the banking problem. Sure. sure. Uh, so I would say that self-banking is the solution here. We all need to buy things in life. Right. Now I could care less what your 401k did last year. Um, I'm sorry if you lost money this year, but more importantly, you know, buying things is something we all do, whether you're yep. a business owner needing inventory or capital, whether yep. you're a family needing to get your kid through college or yep. pay off a, yep. you know, pay off a car or whatever, pay off mm -hmm. your house. Mm -hmm. We all have to buy stuff. That's just, yeah. you know, part of life. Yep. How do you buy that thing? How do you buy that thing? Whatever it is that matters more to me than what your rate of return was in the stock market, because yep. the average American spends about a third of their life savings. According to the U S commerce bureau, Mike, uh, the average American spends 35 and a half percent of their income just to service their debts. Good Lord. Yeah. Yeah. So if you could recapture that 35 and a half percent or even half that, mm -hmm. um, and, and let that be your own banking system. Uh, if you could let that money flow back into your own wealth generating assets rather than going to a bank down the street, it's mm -hmm. possible. Mm -hmm. Banks don't have mm -hmm. a monopoly mm -hmm. on the function of banking. Mm -hmm. Banks are nouns, but you mm -hmm. also have the verb you can bank on yourself. You yes. can be your own source of financing and recapture all that money you're throwing at the banks. Getting That's why they have the biggest building in town, right? Right. That's why they have their grip on uh, the economy and politics right. and everything else. Right. Right. So self-banking is learning to take control, bringing back in-house uh, what it means to be a banker and to do the banking function in your life. I And I, okay, so guys, without getting into super technical stuff, because there is... We think it's a simple way because we understand it, we know it, but there is a little bit of education that goes along with what he's talking about. And if you want to learn more, 
there's one great way to go learn it, and that's go follow him. Well, <laughs> the man, the man, the man's got info. Obviously, we've been sitting here talking about finance and investing for I don't know, damn near an hour. Holy cow, we're almost there, brother. Um, and 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 thank you for hanging out with me and sticking around, guys. I wanna I wanna give you some information about him real quick. Um, he is on. He's on Twitter. He's it's at Lake Growth, L-A-K-E-G-R-O-W-T-H. You can also find him on Facebook under that same thing. And I'm I'm assuming that's your your business page. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Yeah. You can find him on LinkedIn. He's there. Just go look for Mark Willis. Um, it's also under Market uh, Mark Lake Growth. Um, you know, once after you did LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash Mark Lake Growth, and then you'll find him there. He's got a website. It's my, am I, I guess no, I'll make it, I'll make it simple for you. I'll make it simple for you. If you guys love listening to podcasts. Oh, there it uh, is. Yeah. Yeah. If you love listening to podcasts, go to not your average financial podcast.com. Cool. You know, there it is. The website or go to, and the best way to reach me, if you can't remember anything else is just go straight to this website, freedom from wall street.com freedom from wall street.com. Is, well, there's no sac- there's there's no sarcasm in that one, is there? Yeah. No, nothing facetious in that yeah. in that little. That's that's yeah. freaking awesome, man. You can connect with us, uh, either me or one of my colleagues. Happy to chat. <clears throat> no cost. We don't bite. I promise. If you want to date me first, we have that podcast link right on that freedomfromwallstreet.com website. We'll take you right there. I would suggest to any of you that are listening or watching here on YouTube that you go check out his podcast. Um, just in this little amount of time that we've had. Um, I've already learned a bunch and I got a few cold nuggets that I, I didn't know before. So, um, and as you can tell, I'm not exactly ignorant of what goes on in the market. Yeah, you know what you're talking about. You, well, you called a couple of crashes. Yeah. You're, I'm, I'm I wanted to tell you about that. that. <laughs> I wanted to tell you about that. So I had a financial blog um, in 2006 at the urging of a couple of people that said, you knew about the tech crash coming before it hit. And I was like, no, I was kind of in the middle of it getting ready to fall, but the flags were there. Mm-hmm. I said, but that wasn't the interesting part. It's where the money went because money doesn't stop flowing. Mm-hmm. It just leaves a certain industry and vertical channel. He said, when it left tech, where did it go? I said, well, it went entirely one of the places that people least expected it to go. Mining. Mm. And I thought about that and I was like, how the hell did mining end up banking like that the money had to go someplace solid it had to go someplace safe mining is i guess i guess still considered a safer investment even though mines run out of gold and palladium and diamonds and all that speculative, kind of stuff. yeah it's right. still speculative yeah. in, in by by and far um we have two major mining companies here um barrack and newmont and they're constantly it's funny um elko county uh, which is up in the northeast side of the, of the state is the county that has the miners that live but they work in Eureka next door, yeah. which is where all of the gold and everything's being found. Newmont is the latest. They found a vein that they estimated a million ounces. Wow. It's one hell of a vein. The last wow. vein that was found was by Barrick. It was only 200,000 ounces. Hmm. What's interesting to me is they share the workforce. Literally, one takes a break while the other one works. So right now, the miners that are working over in the Newmont mine are the same guys that were just over with Barrick just about a year and a half ago. Hmm. And it's, it's really mind boggling to me that it's like that. But again, they have their own operations that, and again, it's mining. It doesn't stop. Yeah. So it seems like a, it or seemed like a more solid investment as far as, you know, 
buying a stock or something of that nature, they've had fairly even returns. They don't do the big jump up and down unless it has to do with the, the price of gold or silver, whatever they're mining. So when I saw that, I was like, yeah, we're going to see a shift. The river's going to move. And thinking about us as I bet mining, I, I said, I bet, I was guessing. I said, I bet mining. And it went. And I was like, oh, shit. And everybody started. I literally had economists calling me out of the freaking blue going, who are you? And I said, <laughs> I'm nobody. I don't even have a certification. <laughs> but if you watch what's going on in the freaking markets, it's kind of plain to see if you're really paying attention. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I right now, I probably couldn't call it to save my life because there's just too many variables playing out right now. It's pretty muddy, muddy waters right now. Pretty? Yep. Pretty? <laughs> I'd say very. And it's probably yeah. going to sit this way. This I can call. It's probably going to be muddy for the next year or two. Easy. Mm-hmm. Only because of the amount of recovery that's going to be needed. Oh, I was talking to you earlier about um, one of the hopeful things about the recovery. Yes, 30% would cause us a, one hell of a depression. Mm-hmm. But the money's not gone. The money is on hold because of a natural disaster. It's not that the markets and the money's disappeared. In fact, there's way too much money as it is um, because they keep push, pushing more paper up. But the money is there. It's just sitting. It's waiting to be moved. And whenever we get back to a degree of normalcy, and you can tell me I'm wrong. and I have been before. Um, when things get back to a degree of normalcy, I think people will get back to work. I think people will try to find a way to get back to work. I think the companies are going to look for a way to get people to get back to work because the bigger companies still need their people to make their machine move. And in order to make that happen, somebody's got to call them back into work. So are we going to have 30% unemployment? Absolutely possible. Bad news. How long is that going to last? Good question. How fast can we get people back to work? Viably. Mm -hmm. Before the stimulus package comes out, whatever that happens to be. Because there's a lot of people that were sitting in the back going, we got the money, it's in the bank, holding out. You know, we have trips that we were supposed to do. Las Vegas is absolutely closed right now. I mean, Green Valley, which is around the corner from me, lost six groups in one month. Mm -hmm. So everybody's gone, except for security. Obviously, they're they're watching the property. But everybody's gone. What happens when it's time to come back to work? How are they going to do that? How are they going to manage that? How long will that take? And how long will it take to get back to normalcy? So to me, that's a positive. Sure. I see that as we got a shot here, guys. Hopefully no one screws it up. You know, there's going to be something to do. Um, So when you're, when you're looking at something like that in the midst of this going on right now and the 401 taking a tank um, and I'll, and I'll, I'll ask this as the last financial question, if you will. Um, In fact, I think this was also in here. What does it uh, not, uh, how can people meet their financial goals without taking unnecessary risks? Because right now, I guarantee you, there are some fear mongers out there going, well, you're going to need to do this and you're going to need to do that. And it's going to be like, uh, what? Right, right. How do you, well, how do yeah. you avoid that? Yeah, we, well, thank you for everything you said there, Mike. That's awesome. And I totally <laughs> agree with you about uh, the, the roller coaster that we might be entering into now. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what the future holds. No one is claiming to. Uh, I will say, you know, it, it's, it's important to control the environment where your money lives. Uh, you know, if we're all yeah. locked up in our house, then yep. they, they tell you find ways to control your environment 
so you mm-hmm. don't go nuts, you know, mm-hmm. do push-ups mm-hmm. every day or, yep. you know, eat a home cooked meal, do something to not go nuts. If you're in lockdown mode, like some of the States are as we're recording this. Yeah. Same yeah. is true with your money. You know, I've, I've met more people who had all their money tied up in their house value and their 401k and almost nothing in liquid cash. Ouch. And that means ouch, no ouch, options. Ouch. Yeah. yeah. None. You lose your job. Talking to a guy yesterday, he works for uh, one of the major airlines, about to lose his job, worked there for many, over a decade. Mm-hmm. And, you know, literally all of his money is in his house, the, the drywall of his house, you know? That's not good. Um, That's so not good. Nope. who's going to give him a cash out refinance after he loses a job, right? Nobody. Banks don't lend when you need it. What's that old yeah. quote? Mike, uh, Mark Twain says, uh, a banker is a fellow who lends you his umbrella when the sun is shining, but wants it back as soon as it starts right. to rain. Yep. That's right? exactly right. Right? Yep. So yep. the key here, and to your point, yeah, we talked at the beginning of this episode about financial sanity. Yeah. yeah so we did. put your money in places that keep you sane, no matter what is going on, on the news. Uh, take a breath, breathe through your nose. You know, this will, this too will pass. Mm-hmm. Find places. And we, we use the bank on yourself for infinite banking concept mm-hmm. ourselves, my, yep. my wife and I and our clients to make sure that our money is there when we need it. Not a single dollar has left our accounts since this whole thing started a Sweet. month ago. Sweet. In fact, we've had some dividends <clears throat> paid to us. Um, you know, all of our money is liquid, accessible to us. It's not tied up. It's not holding to a 401k where we got to wait till we're 59 and whatever a half. Right. Uh, it's, it's our cash, right? You right. can use it, right? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, thinking sanely and thinking critically about, hey, wh- you know, what are our options? What's, what are our... Uh, options for where we're going to put our money and then mm-hmm. you know thinking strategically about taking necessary risks i think you know walking out the door is a is a necessary risk if you're going to go you know meet a client or, yep. or start a business you got to take some necessary <laughs> risk who's here saying you have to take unnecessary risks where is it written that you have to put your money in places that you can't uh control just to retire it's not it's not a, a law that you have to put your money into things that tank when the market tanks oh, and that's the best part too is is taking the time to educate yourself um, if you do you see go. something that looks <clears throat> enticing if it well for one if it's too good to be true i'd go digging even deeper um, but if it looks stable enough <clears throat> make sure you know enough about it to be the sane investor rather than the one that looks insane just because they're throwing money all over the place you don't want to do that either so that's Dude, sage advice. Appreciate that. Right on. Guys, you are listening to Java Chat with Coffee with Mike and Mark Willis, CFP, a gentleman that has Lake Growth Financial. Um, you're, where are you out of, man? Chicago. No, where? Yeah, uh, downtown. Downtown. Nice. Yeah, yeah. One of my favorite cities to visit. Yeah, I used to be up there in the summer all the time. Right on. And you're there near Green Valley, you say? Is that Colorado? No, Green Valley is um, um, an area in uh, South Las Vegas. Oh, okay. that's, right that's Henderson. Green Valley is actually Henderson. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And Newmont and everything has, I know their headquarters in Colorado, but yeah, Newmont, Newmont, Newmont has, well, they've got their, their main headquarters up in Colorado. So is Barrick. However, um, they have satellite offices in Elko <clears throat> to manage the, the labor. They have some business offices here in Green Valley, um, mm. so that they can do some of their other, um, administrative and operational work, I guess. Cool. But yeah, both both of them are are, are based up there. Right on. You, and um, right now, as we're recording this, March twenty fifth, Illinois is in lockdown, shutdown. Are you guys similar? We're we're in requested requested shelter in place. We, it's 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 heavily suggested. 
Um, non-essentials are all closed. As I said, the casinos are gone. The, the strip is a ghost town. It's weird. Wow. wow. Um, my buddy's a, a metro police officer. He goes, yeah, this is probably the most eerie I've ever seen this place. There's just like nobody mm. around. I'm like, yeah, wow. I, I can see that. Um, so yeah, all of the non-essentials are closed. Uh, uh, the only restaurants that can be open are the ones that have carry out or, or delivery. <clears throat> For the most part, the grocery stores are still open. Um, I actually have a friend who has a food distribution company who opened up his uh, his business to the public um, for obvious reasons. He's stuck with a lot of stock that he can't sell to the, to the strip. Um, and he's got some great stuff. We, we, it's interesting. You said have a home cooked meal. We made uh, penne pasta last night with chicken, uh, chicken meatballs. And it was Italian pasta, which is about 14% protein by volume. And it's, it's, I accidentally served that kind of pasta to a couple of friends that are gluten intolerant. I was freaking out all night. I was like, I need, how's your stomach? How you doing? How you feeling? You feeling sick? You doing okay? And they're just like, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm like, yeah. like what? It wasn't that a gluten free pasta? I went, no, Italian, it Italian was pasta, not. Yeah, it, it's so much better. Yeah, the, I mean, it's it's, it's truly it's healthy. Not, it's it's the it's the yeah. it's the real deal. So mm-hmm. so I got a I got a six pack yesterday. We made panay last night. It was really good. It was we you know the whole family sat around the table and we enjoyed a nice meal together. So yeah, if you right know on. whatever you got to do to keep that sanity too. Yeah, um, I'm gonna say it one more time, y'all. Um, well, actually, I'll have Mark say it one more time. Mark, where can they find you? What's yeah. your website? One more time. Where is it at? Number one spot to remember, guys, as you're driving down the street, freedomfromwallstreet.com. Freedom Perfect. From freedomfromwallstreet.com. I will put all of this, guys, in the, in the descriptions, both on YouTube and on Anchor. If you're listening to us on any of the other channels that we get syndicated out to, Spotify, podcasts, and stuff like that, thank you for hanging out and having a cup of coffee with us. My coffee's long gone because it was a good conversation. I there love you know. conversations like this. Cheers. I appreciate what it. Say, uh, you don't drink coffee, you just borrow it for a while. So That's right, just for a little bit. You know, get the caffeine and then put in more later. Yeah. Um, guys, Mark, uh, first off, Mark, thank you so much for spending time with Thanks, me, um, hanging out, making some clarity, because um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are just like, I don't know what to do. Um, and, and by all means, stay in touch. Uh, glad to have you on board. Would love to have you back. Uh, if you got any updates or you think anything's really important to share with different communities, I'm going to push your stuff out as much as I can. So I appreciate you. Um, to everybody else that's listening, make sure you take care of yourselves, stay healthy, stay safe, and make sure you keep love in your heart for anybody that you meet. We don't get to touch each other and hug each other, but damn it, smile, put a connection in those eyes and make sure you share the love that way. Until next time, we appreciate all of you. Take care. Ciao for now.